And two and one. Welcome. How are you? One second. I need to open up my window. Fuck. Not good podcast content. Not good podcast content. You don't have anything else to do, right? No, you don't. You no. Nobody has anything to do. How are you doing? Good. Not good. What happened? You ran out of sun chips and you're too afraid to go to the store. Well, fucking suck it up. Suck it up. All right. Uh, today on the podcast. We had Brad Kearsley on. That's how you say his last name, Kearsley. He, um, of Carpool Tunnel. Great musician. Brad's one of these guys. Like, if you ask him who LeBron James is, he would be, like, the guy from Modern Family. And you're like, Brad, have you, ne- have you never, like, seen a basketball? He does that. Like, he plays basketball. He shoots a basket into a hoop. A basket into hoop? That's not that's not a ball into a hoop. He's like, why would anybody else do that? Why would someone do that for a living? It's like you fucking hit strings on a piece of wood and you're good at it. He can shoot a basketball into a hoop. Well Brad. God damn it. Alright, yeah. Alright, how about we just get into it and I can just stop talking. FYI or I don't know, disclaimer. There's some background noise in this in this episode. Not a lot. But, um, oh my god, my throat hurts. More tea. I need to get through this. Two minutes, and then you can listen to them. I swear, you'll be fine. You have, no, you, you have nothing else to do. Um, <laughs> there's some background noise. His bandmates are in the background sometimes, and they're just like, I don't know, cooking fucking those 45-cent burritos that give you stomach cancer at 42 years old. But they're musicians. You're supposed to die young. It's like cool. Brad's like 22. Or 21, so he has like six years left, you know. But I did see him post once about him drinking a kombucha, so maybe 28. Maybe 28 years old, if he's lucky. Maybe. How about we just get into the episode? All right. If your heart desires, Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening to it, this podcast, this episode, please hit the follow button. If you don't, if you don't like it, and if you don't follow, I don't know, go fucking trip and chip a tooth or something weird. All right. Let's get into the episode. Never even told. We never even thought in the long run. Hey, you, take a seat. No. Come on. Mantos fresher, fresh goes better with Mantos fresh and full of life. Where is it? I wish I took a simpler route instead of having demons that's as big as my house. Almost. I wanted her to look at me, but she couldn't pull her eyes away from you and your. All right, Brad. Yo, welcome back. Thank you very much. It's been it's been a long time. Two years. Are you serious? Two years and two months since the last time we were on. Damn. Was that mine or uh, just just mine? Or you and you and Ben. 
That was two two months, two years and two months ago. Yeah, February twenty eighteen. A month after the EP wow. came out. Wow, wow. I think that was right when impressions Damn. came out. I think. Like yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, no, that came out in June. Oh. That's when. Uh, yeah, we we had just released the EP and gone on tour. Yeah, yeah. Right then. Damn. Damn, dude. I think. And then. Yeah, go go. We ahead. did ours before I even like really started Carpal Tunnel that much. Yeah, right at the beginning. It was like Yeah. Right at the beginning. And I remember I was like, dude, your old shit, fucking get rid of it. <laughs> start That's pretty gnarly. just start just start Carpal Tunnel. Yeah, that was about three almost yeah, almost three years ago that one. Damn. Well, time has flown by, dude. Yeah, kind of. I mean, how long ago did you move to San Diego? Well, I moved to San Diego. I'm back home for fuck quarantine, you know. Um, yeah. I moved in September, so I didn't really have that much time there. Damn. Just for college, so I liked Damn. it though. It was. I saw you guys. Yeah. You know, yeah. One day. Dude, yeah. I I didn't get to talk to you at that show. You guys were in second, right? Second to last that show. So, yeah. Was that at Soma in San Diego? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Second to last. I just left after. I was like, all right. I got my dose. Let me get out of here. <laughs> it's, a, it's a long bus ride. I think yeah, it would be, uh, you know, ignorant of me to ask, not not to ask, how's, how's like, quarantine life with... Dude. Who's there <laughs> with you? Where are you? What's happening? So, with everything going on with quarantine, basically, like, uh, I was about to start a new job. I was actually interviewing for two different jobs. I was interviewing to be a, a music teacher, and at a restaurant, I actually landed the restaurant job, and I started on a Wednesday of the week, and San Francisco shut down on a Monday of that week. And so once San Francisco shut down, we were like, we don't really want to be here. I was stuck in a house with five people in 1,000 square feet, and two of them still work, because they work in healthcare. And so I was like, I'm not going to be here. Like, this is gnarly. I'm either going to go home or something, and, and we figured out, like, Basically, all of us lost our jobs, and so none of us had work, so nothing was keeping us in the city. So we went and we're staying at, like, my family's house in, in Santa Cruz right now. And so all four of us have been here for about a month, and we have, like, the whole living room set up to be a recording and writing set up. And so, like, we just wake up in the morning and write some music and then hang out in the backyard, drink some coffee and write some music, eat some food and like almost the dream. Stay as it's sane. Just you can't almost. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, so it's been like as best, the best case scenario for us, um, for the time being, like not sure how much longer we'll be able to stay here, but we've like written about 10 songs, 11 songs maybe for our second album, which we're, <laughs> which we are writing even though our first album has been done for four months five six months now since october we'll get into that um has it been hard to be creative like are you are you getting spurts of it is it better that you have three other people with you to like go off their ideas yeah i would say honestly it's the only thing keeping me sane personally right now because if i wasn't doing this i don't i don't know what i'd be doing and so because it's like a relaxed, kind of easy paced, wake up, jam out some music and 
we're basically like creating the atmosphere that we'd like to be in with the music. Like we're writing songs, not like everything sucks. We're stuck in a house in a quarantine. We're kind of like writing about life outside the quarantine, how like much better things would be later and like scenarios around the future, I guess. And so we we're, it's, it's quite easy to be creative, to be honest, because, like, it's an escape from what I have to deal with in real life. Yeah. If that, make it, yeah, if that yeah. makes any sense. I've had kind of, with writing and everything, I've just, off and on, one day I'll just have a million ideas come into my head, and it's like, I have all day to write them all down, go explore yeah. my mind into them. And then other days, it's like, when the fuck am I going to get back to, like, normal life? And Totally. Yeah, you're just kind of like not down, but I mean, kind of, yeah, kind of, <laughs> kind of down, you know. Like, but I feel it. But we've been kind of doing like the weekdays on, and then we have a few days off, so it's it's giving space in between. So by the end of the week, we end up being a lot less creative. But after like a weekend goes by, we listen back to all the tracks that we worked on. Um, like, it's it's definitely like exciting to get back to it and so i find that's that's a good way to keep creative juices flowing you know yeah. like giving breaks all right i want to get into like the music so february totally. no january 2018 you release your ep right yes january and 2nd or something like that i went back and listened to our <laughs> podcast oh, together sorry. oh yeah and you had plans to release the new album in fall of 2018, right? <laughs> and yeah. since then, five singles, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. so. I think so. Five singles. Is there hesitation to put out the album? Is it like what is stop? What has been like the roadblocks of going from like Getaway <laughs> to the first album? Or oh my did you have any like? Do you want to put out a second EP or where? Where are you at? Where's the band at? I, I'll, t- I'll tell you, dude. I'll tell you. So, fuck. So, we put out the EP, okay? And things are going well with the EP. And then um, we, got, we moved to San Francisco. And that's when we finished up writing Impressions. And we put out Impressions. And Impressions did really well. Like, much better than we were expecting. Much better than any of our music that we had put out. And it was something that we did ourselves and we recorded it in our house and like had tons of vision on and like we're stoked about. And so we noticed how well Spotify treated a single. And so we were, we were interested in to see what would happen if we released singles for a while. And we released Impressions and Drought kind of expecting it to be on the album. And as we went on and on, like we were writing this album, we never reached a point where we thought that it was like finished. And like we had an album's worth of songs because we like we, we can play like a 45 minute set, you know? Um, and we had been. And basically we would play songs and write them after seeing how people respond to live and like really get them down, get them perfect. And it came to a point of like, we released Better Now, and we, we knew Better Now, we wanted to be on the album, we knew Impressions, we wanted to be on the album. Drought, we were like, you know what, it's a single, it doesn't really fit the vibe. But we went about writing this album like with two sides in mind, and like we really wanted it to go from 
like this poppy indie dreamy rock band to like a heavier like the more rocky side live aspect of us and like there's a, a little big bit difference darker. there because totally the first time i saw you was in san jose i think or in 2018 and then i saw you okay. in 2019 and it was much more blues oriented which yep. is just like longer solos like by you really diving yep. deep into like these moments of every like let's play our fucking instruments together and then when exactly. I saw you guys around four months ago, you guys were way more rock than I really? ever expected. Really? It was awesome. <laughs> I thought it was fucking That's sick. Cool. It was That's like, cool. not that you guys were playing with anger, but like, it was like, it kind of punched me in the face, like the vibe I got. Hell yeah. <laughs> and the band in 2018, like I can't drought is so different than what you guys are playing now. It is. And that was it really is. that was in November of 2018. In the last yeah. what? Fif- what? 18 months, you've just kind of transformed yourself. Was there like a breaking point of like <sighs> we don't want to be cuz your cuz your earlier stuff which I like sounds very similar to I don't know, newer indie music like Girl in Red, they have some of the same vibes. You have some wallow vibes in there too, but yeah. this stuff that you're playing live doesn't even your new ver, basically like your new versions of your old songs, like they're much like yeah. more rock. We definitely like. I think that that honestly, I think comes across because of how like we were able to capture it on a recording, um, and really early on, like recording ourselves, like. Impression sounds a lot thinner and like drier than you don't like impressions, right? Oh, I do like impressions. Okay, um, we're putting on the on the new album. I like impressions, um, just just for people to know. Yeah, I just for some reason I thought I asked you once, and you I don't know if no. you were not fond of the song, but no, I like the song, and I I really like playing that one live. Um, but I, I'm not too like fond of the EP, and like the EP felt really rushed. Um, when we recorded, because we recorded it, like, that was our first thing, you know, like, we had an opportunity, we had one weekend to get it done, which meant three days, and everything was, like, tracked to the last minute, and we kind of ran out of time, and then the mixing process was, like, learning how to mix a new room I've never recorded in, and it came out all right, and, like, it's definitely a product of its time, and, like, the songs aren't necessarily bad, but the performances and the production of it is, like, what hurts me the most, um, but there's something so, about it that someone who's been a fan yeah. of yours for a while, it's like there's something totally. raw about it that I I think fucking Come My Way is still your best song. It's just for some <laughs> reason it's eight minutes. It's like seven or eight minutes long. Dude, you know it goes that's like, uh, our least least played song. It, it goes like 12 different variations. It's like, what is this song? It has like this little build yeah. up. That I, I, Are you talking about Getaway or um, Come Back My Way? Oh, Getaway. My bad. You like Getaway. That's your favorite one? No way. That's crazy, dude. That's crazy. Dude, what, because what, what about the, the, the album? Like, musically, do you, mean, you like it musically. It's just the production that kind of hurts you? That song, honestly, is like a more of a jam band song, which is totally fine. Like, nothing's wrong with that. But, like, we wanted to tighten up our songwriting skills over t- and like that's something we worked on for a long time and like 
that song structurally does not make any sense to me. Like it's, it's a jam song and it's, it's cool. And like, I listened back to it and like, I wasn't as like unhappy with it as I thought I would be. Like, I was like, all right, this is pretty cool. And like, you can get lost in it, which is why I guess it works. Um, but like, I don't know. We, I don't know. I just, uh, I think Come My Way is my, like, the production one, the, uh, the song with the production that hurts the most, just because I, I messed up what a about few times, it? and I can hear, like, I come in with the intro, like, off time, and, like, you can hear the Met in it if you really crank it, um, because we accidentally had the monitor speakers playing while we were tracking, and so the microphones picked up the click track. Like, stuff like that. Like, that really bothers me, because, like, that's out there forever. I can't remove it and change it and re-upload it, like... <laughs> so it kind of hurts but you know like whatever whatever but going back to the goal of like the album was basically like we we like to play songs and we can like kind of feel the energy of where like things die down and like feel awkward and like oh this part felt really good the crowd response was really good but this part felt weird coming after that because the energy like built up and then all of a sudden this happens and so like we kind of used like live performances to really test our songs and to the point of where we feel like the songs we wrote on our album are like really cohesive and they work really well. Is there any, is there like, does that stunt any of your creativity of like, I really like this song. I wrote it. We put time into it. I go out to a show. I play it and, our fans don't really respond to it. That does that. Do you think that draw? No. Is there any drawback to that of like no, your creativity or? No, I feel like because look, we could we could rewrite songs over and over, and like we did, and like that was a, a definitely a flaw we had writing this album was like we have two songs in the album that are named like something, and we have different versions that are not even anywhere close to that same exact song. And this is the that album that's re- coming out. So yeah, this is on this is on Bloom. Like for example, Tarot Cards. We have another song called Tarot Cards that started as Tarot Cards and different key, different style of song, completely different, but like we wrote it and then evolved it and then evolved it and then got wrote like a really cool part into that and we're like, "Hey, this is cool, but this might be a different song. Take that part and write it into a song." And then we're like, "Okay, now this is Tarot Cards." And like we did that. And so we wrote 10 songs and we brought it. So, all right, let me go back. Let me take a step back. Because yeah. we wrote all these songs over the course of, like, two years, right? So, like, some of them, like, we didn't even change from the time that we started. Like, Impressions, we wrote when we were all, like, 18. And that's not, it didn't change. Like, the structure didn't change. Um, and that's on the recording. But we wrote all these songs, and we were trying to figure out, like, logistic. A, le- a legit way to get it done, right? Like, we all worked. Uh, some of us were doing online school, and we didn't live together. So that would mean uh, everyone would have to come to my house and track their parts while I didn't have work, and they didn't have work, and we didn't have something else to get in the way. Yeah, I remember that. And we're like, w- we got to do 10 songs, like, like we literally realized it. We're like, this is going to be rough. This is going to take us like five months. And I got a call from Rampton from the Grins 
and we were just chatting about like the tour we were getting planned or whatever and he was like so like how's the album coming along like what do you guys think you guys gonna be doing and i was telling him like dude like it's gonna take a while like we got to do this process but like we're really stoked we have a lot of songs together we're really excited and then he's like dude honestly if there's any advice i could give you i would say to go to a studio and get it done professionally in like two weeks because once we did that I because Rampton recorded the grins before he recorded Golden Hour um and that was their first album and the second album they did with a producer and an engineer in LA and he was like I know a guy that we worked with I really love and I bet you guys would get along like what kind of budget could you guys work with and I was just like, well, we had we got like some money from um, recording with or putting our songs on Osu, which is like the video game uh, that licenses our music. And so like we have some we have some money to spend on a studio. Like, do you really think this is what we should do? And he's like, yeah, totally. Like, I wish I did it earlier because the process is so much better. You learn so much more. Like, it's such a more efficient process. He spent a year mixing Golden Hour because when you have it there in front of you and you're a part of the project, like it's really hard to, it's never over. It's never over, dude. Like you can be like, all right, I finally reached the point and someone could be like, Oh, I want to redo my part actually. And then you're like, okay, if you really want to redo your part, I got to remix the whole song and potentially have to re-record a couple things. And so then you're like, okay. And then boom, like this fucking happens. Imagine doing that for fucking 10 songs. So we, after a phone call, we were kind of convinced and, and like he sent us the stuff they did with the record and we really liked it. And, uh, we had a phone call with the guy and, and he was really excited and, and he was like, yeah, dude, like, and Rampton offered to produce our record. And we we're like, fuck yeah, dude. Like that would be fucking cool. Like get our homies on board, um, and get behind a project. We're like, we're really excited about. And so he's like, okay, this is what you need to do. Like you need to spend the next few months really finalizing the songs and get them ready to take to the producer for pre-production. And so him, uh, Rampton from The Grins, and Danny Balistocki, the owner of the studio, both helped us produce the, the record. And um, so we ended up going down there. Uh, well, first we spent like a month or two just working on the songs, right? And we recorded like a demo, um, just a couple mics in a room and played through a whole album. And then uh, we took it to the studio and for two days straight, like eight hours a day, we sat with the two producers and like played each song. And he had like a whiteboard and we wrote out the structure of the song. And he's like, okay, here, like, this is what I think. I think this chorus is a little bit too long. And like, by the time you're halfway through, like it, it gets tiresome. Like, how about we try cutting this chorus in half and switching the bridge and this part right here and we're like okay and like we how much how much back and forth do you have like with the producer because it is your your music and it's one guy's interpretation of what it should be yeah and like we walked in there and he was like you guys really already did a lot of work on this record like i don't need to do too much like you could record it exactly how it is and it'd be a great record but I have some ideas and if you want to hear me out, like we can work on these and I don't want you to do anything you don't want to do in the end. Like you can, we can get through working on a song and go, fuck you, dude. 
I'm not doing this. Yeah. And then he'd be like, okay, cool. And it was like getting, and he, but it was hearing each other out. Like that was the thing. It was like letting down all the like, this is my song. Like I wrote this part. Like this is my part. I've been playing like this. It's this is how it is, you know? And like listen to what someone else has to say, like a third party who knows music really well. And Danny and Rampton like just helped us go through and structure out songs and like maybe adjust a part here or there. And, and it, it, it ended up being like a beautiful amount of compromises and changes that like made us all super happy with how the product came out in the end. Yeah. It's cool that you seem like you trusted them, which is, yeah. Cause I did, it I was, actually did see, I don't know where, but I've seen the grins. I think you told me to go yes. see them once and I did like them and they're, they're very cool. Yeah. It's cool that you had two other people in the room, outside sources who know about music good dialogue with them how's the dialogue with when you guys are songwriting with the band it's like with you four dude like i i think it's pretty good like we try to hear each other out um as much as we can and like that's what (coughs) creates the process to be like as smooth as it can be like sometimes we'll pop out a song in like an hour or two um but like something that we really talk about and are all in the understanding of is like writing parts that serve the song. Like we could write things that are super fancy and technical and are super cool to us individually, but might not make sense in the song. And so we all had like an understanding of trying to write to the song as much as possible. And when we want to make changes or um, add things or remove things, like there should be a reason there's a bug flying around my, right in front of me. There should be a reason for why that thing is being changed. Like, I think this part expresses this emotion of that's what the song is trying to convey more so than this one, blah, blah, blah. And so we, like, and we're, like, we're, we try to try things out as much as we can. Like, that's something we really learned in pre-production with an engineer was, like, if someone's got an idea, it might be worth it just to to hear what it sounds like, even though talking about are it you cognizant whack. of the overall sound of a record like the whole entire album like i need 10 records that are just like fit perfectly together to make this entire album or do you just like what is the best let me put together my best 10 songs With or does that naturally just happen because you guys are in like one phase i would say we all had a pretty strong understanding of what we wanted the record to be and so it wasn't a conscious decision to make the album cu- like curated. I mean, it was because we had like, we talked about an A side and a B side. And when it came to picking like the orders of songs, it was like how they all flew to like flowed together. And so like we would be playing a song and then we play the next song that we think that would come just naturally what felt like we should be playing. And most of the time we're on agreement of that. Like it just is an unspoken thing. Like, yeah, this song feels like it should come next. And, and like we would write songs and um, be like, this is an A-side song for sure. This is a B-side song for sure. And when we went to do pre-production, um, we had everything figured out. How we many had a, songs an or- were originally you planning on being on the record? Ten. Ten. And this is, where, this is what I'm, get, I'm, I'm getting to is like, 
when we got back from pre-production, we were like, something is missing. Like, there is a vibe that the album has, and there's, it, like, it reaches so many different, like, emotional spectrums and, like, different vibes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we were like, one, one is missing. Like, there's, it's still not complete. Like, we all were in agreement. And so, like, we listened through the songs we had, and, like, we were kind of thinking of songs that, like, we were just, like, some songs are just fucking bops and just, like, high-energy, fun to listen to. And, like, we felt like it could, the album could use one more of those. And um, we ended up writing a song in between the pre-production and the recording of the record, which was about two weeks. And so that song ended up on the record. But it was... It was all, like, we all had, like I said, it was all an understanding of what the album should be, and that song was, came from a lack of that vibe. Like, <laughs> one whole, just didn't put this yeah. last puzzle piece together. Exactly, exactly. I've always wondered this. Like, of your last five songs that you released, um, okay, Impressions, Drought, Virginia, Better Now, Sunset Girl, which one's your favorite? Oh man. <laughs> uh I can tell you my least favorite Regina. is Yeah. Told, Regina. That's the one you told me about. Yeah, because of the production again. Like I don't think it's a bad song, but I'm really like embarrassed of the production. And like that's because I recorded it. <laughs> um but I think Sunset Girl or Better Now is probably my favorite. Probably Better Now, to be honest. The overall point I'm I'm getting to is a lot of people when they hear oh Brad's in a band right they're gonna click uh-huh. on their Spotify and they're gonna listen to the first the first song Droughts yeah. your number your first song do you do you like that you you can't you can't choose what what's your favorite song or do you just dude I don't mind. I think it's like cool. what's number it's, one I think it's like what do they hear because when I because like the ten the ten track album. You have you have loyal loyal. It's eleven now. Eleven. Yeah. So we added that song. Then that was the point I was getting to. All <laughs> like I'll listen to all eleven songs a bunch of times. But to get like the casual one, are you cognizant of like what's number one on the record? Yes. What's number one on the Spotify? Because like for me, the sh- like my most popular podcast episode is this one I did in the back of my car once, and like it's <laughs> so shitty, but like people people love it. I don't like it. <laughs> Yeah, but it, I guess it works. Like, is there what's the what's the give and take there for like for for you for you? Are you cognizant so, of it or do you just? Yes. So I think it's I think it's like my no, most of the time my favorite song is probably not going to be our most popular song. I feel like just because I actually I don't know I don't know I don't know but um. I think Drought's a great song for an introduction because it shows like both the the indie poppier simplicity side of us and also like you get a taste of like what a louder side of us is at the end of the song and like there's a guitar solo and and I'm really happy with the production of that song. So I think it's a great first song to hear and also it like we like to start our our sets with that song actually because we think like the opening song or the introduction to us as a band, as a new listener is really important. And like, if we came out with one of our heaviest songs first, like people might be turned off, even though 
just their perspective on us will change in, in the entire performance. Yeah. So I really like that Drought is one of our most popular songs because it's a song that expresses both sides of that and it warms you up to kind of like the louder side of us. Yeah. So, but like right now my favorite song is off of the record and it's not out yet. And it's not the first song on the record. Um, but we, we wrote an intro track and we also like, so we ordered it as best as possible for anybody that's listened to us before thinking about like statistically, not everyone's going to listen through all the way. And, um, talking about like the singles that we plan on releasing before the album comes out, like kind of gives hints to the record. So we're, we have two songs that have been out on our, on our Spotify before that are on the album. And we're going to release three, three songs off the record that haven't been released before, before the album comes out. So that means five songs out of the 11 you will have already heard. Yeah. And so we spread those out across the album. So that way, like our average fan will be familiar and not be pushed away with like a bunch of new things, but also is really excited to listen all the way through the record. So like no, definitely people sense. aren't going to listen to all the way through, but we are curating it to be the chance that you will. And like the first song is an intro tag and like it hopefully warms you up for it, you know? And like the people that are going to listen to all the way through are like, the people that will, and like that's how it is. You and can't control it. Yeah, and we're trying to give them the best product possible for that. So, uh, question. Yeah. Shining or Afterlight? Shining. I love Shining. Shining's great, dude. It's so it's such like a throwback. I think song I've played that to start my podcast, like from like episode one to one forty-five, maybe like a hundred twenty times. <laughs> that and Getaway. Damn. <laughs> and that's come great. Away. Those two just blend nice. together. Come my way and get away. Might as well be one song for me because it's just fucking I feel that. way at the it's end. Same same color. Wait. And we like to we like to separate our songs by colors too, and that totally helps with like understanding what we're writing and being aware of like how we're writing a song is like, be like this song is this color, and we'll all be like okay, and once we understand the vibe of the song, like the energy and the emotion that it gives off. It's a lot easier to order things and um, just write things in general. Yeah, it does your songs do do that? Um, obviously, you fucking know that. How? How? Uh, are you sequencing the record? What do you mean by that? Like one song blends into the next song, blends into the next. No, song? No, 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 no. But no, I, we're not. We're not that. We're not Pink Floyd. <laughs> I love when albums do that. That's like my favorite. Dude, it's thing. really hard. Yeah. It's so hard. And it takes so much forethought and like like this album came together um over a really long period of time. And so it gave a lot of like we were able to trim a lot of songs that we decided not to be on the record, like probably like five songs. Are you happy um, and you were so patient with it, like in the long term? Dude, time? I'm so happy. Like when I first heard the songs back off of like just the mixes and stuff, just getting it back. Like, dude, I've never heard anything I've created sound this way. And like, I'm, I'm beyond, I'm so proud of this fucking record. I've in the studio, I tattooed the album title on my arm. Like this has been like us. We wrote it for two years, but also like 
this seems to be like the first, like this is the first time I went to a professional recording studio and got a, a full record done. Like I was literally in a studio for two weeks and I've been playing music since I was in eighth grade, you know, like writing albums and stuff. And so like this, this album means a lot. And it's, it's so nice that I was able to wait and like learn as much as I did before finalizing it. Because like a, a record is like a snapshot of time in our creative direction as a band and like it is what it is and it's going to be that for the rest of our life and so waiting as long as we did to where we were happy with everything learning as much as we did and spending the right resources on it was like the best that we could do for the for that time i know you're very cognizant of artwork like you really like artwork you've always liked like me and you just looking through like your LPs and like look how cool yeah. this fucking art is and like more yeah. than the record sometimes. How much thought are you giving to Bloom's artwork? What dude, it's done and I'm stoked. Are you happy like, with it? I'm so happy with it because it was something that I was like really concerned about because like we had a design that we bought maybe two years ago, like when we finished impressions or a year and a half ago, I guess. And we paid for a design to be done, and it was sick. Like, it was super cool. And after all the time, we were like, this doesn't match the album, like, at all. It doesn't match us. It doesn't, like, it came from, the idea came from a time where, like, all of our tastes were a lot different. And so we were um, in the studio, and, like, I had, we had our friend Michael, our photographer there, for, almost the whole process and like he does graphic design he does everything like yeah. michael is the man I've seen his Instagram and before. yeah and like we were just talking about how our favorite album covers are like old records and it kind of looks aged and like you can see the band on it and and it's and it's like you understand the entire album and and vibe of the band just from the album cover and so we were just we're talking about that and like Michael whipped something up in like a couple hours and he's just somebody that understands us so well. Like he spends a lot of time with you guys. He does. He spends so much time. He's like lived with me for like month, a month at a time. Like and he tours with us. So he just, he knows us and he's seen us write songs and, and knows all of our tastes. So like he was able to do something that really represented us and the record and it like I'm super stoked about it. And so he did the whole vinyl design, um, which I'm really excited about. But um, he has like so many photos of us. He like I'll send you the album cover actually, so you can understand what I'll I'm talking about. I'll fucking leak it, dude. Don't do it. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, here. All right. This isn't the album cover. I'm gonna try to find it. Um, here. How about this? I'm gonna send you a link here. Great podcast material. Don't worry, people. I know. I'm no, sorry. No, you're good. But this is. I want to see it. It's you. my podcast, dude. <laughs> they can fucking wait. Okay, so I I may have just sent you a private link to something. Um. <laughs> it's loading. <laughs> Did you get it? Yeah. 
It's loading. Okay. Oh, the page. Yeah. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> I. Don't... So it's like it's it's kind of how. I don't know. Stylistically, it's like a vintage modern thing, to where you it's nostalgic and familiar in a certain way, but it's also something that wouldn't look like it came from that time period. Like we were like the seventies. I like it. We really like the Eagles. It's good. Um, thank it you. Works. Thank you. And like it's it really, colorful really and like it's it yeah. And so like you'll hear the record and um, you'll hear and the the picture shows it and like the. The um the rest of the artwork is from that same exact photo shoot, so the back cover design of the vinyl is like a different shot of that photo, um, and we sh- we took that photo in the Salt um, Flats in Utah on tour, and so there's a bunch of these like cool nature shots, yeah. and Michael kind of threw it all together for and on the inside of the vinyl is going to be like um, the lyrics on one side and then like a bunch of thank yous and um, some photos on the other side of the insert. And so like the whole album design comes from that photo shoot and that same exact tour. So it was, it was super cool. Cause it's like, that's a natural photo that we took not thinking this is going to be our album cover. It, it works. <laughs> I like the font of it. I like but the colors in it. Thank it's, you. It's, yeah. it's kind of tinted in a certain way, which I like. Yeah. Like we wanted it to look like a, an old record. You pull out of your record collection. Yeah. I like it. So nice. we talked about it earlier, but your live is you guys live are are really different. I don't know how the new record sounds. I kind of I want to wait and just like take it in with everybody. <laughs> it's you guys are getting very very bluesy and very rock oriented, in my opinion. Do you maybe do maybe. you find your like creative process also going that way, or do you still want to stick to like what you guys do best? Because Drought's a very indie song. That's like your your number one hit right now. It's tracking really well on on Spotify. As much as as much as, <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. Okay, let me th- think how to word this. The record, uh, I mm, we are definitely. <laughs> I don't know. Ask the question again. Ask the question again. <laughs> When you when you play live, are you cognizant okay. of I want I've been saying that word a lot, but do you want you guys do you want yourself to sound like almost a blues rock band? Or do you want okay. you guys to like to sound like you guys do on some of these records, which is a little more like I don't know, bubbly, more again like pink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think it's what we like to do is have a variation. We like to be able to like, we can go and play a punk show with a punk band and not be that like out of the loop. And we can fit in on a bill like that. We can also fit in on a bill with a bunch of like bedroom indie pop bands. And we can, we like to be able to have both of those sides to pull from for our live performances. But even on our more indie songs, we don't want it to be like a show that you're like chilling there and like bopping your head at. Like we want you to be engaged and like the music to move you and like dance and have a great time and be loud. Cause like we're a fucking rock band at the end of the day. Like we're going to be loud. We're going to have like drum solos. We're going to have guitar solos. Like shit's going to go down. Like there's going to be mosh pits, but there's also going to be songs that you can like dance to. 
and and have fun with. So it's like we we want to be able to do both, but also just have fun with those softer indie songs. Because I've been to smaller indie shows too, and crowds are very reserved. Because reserved people do like indie music. They do. Yep. They're not that like out really there to like fucking yeah. go wild, you know. Your shows are fucking different. <laughs> Your shows are different. They're very, yeah. you know. Let's 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 start something. Let's do something. Because <laughs> the band that went before you, twice when I've seen you before, the one at the at San Jose at the art place, uh-huh. like it's again, it's just people kind of sitting down listening to this kind of piano indie band. Yeah, and it's like not it's it's engaging because the music I thought was it was interesting what they were doing. I don't remember which band it was, but it was like a it was like a piano player with somebody else, and you guys just like came up and it was like that that last band like fuck them like <laughs> <laughs> like whatever they did I'm not doing that I'm coming like <laughs> like get up and like fucking punch the person next to you. Well, okay, look. Danny came from, like, Danny, when I met him, only listened to, like, heavy metal and, like, punk. He's so good. And he's so fucking good. And that's, just, that's why. He's like, drummer. Yeah, yeah. And he grew up listening to uh, a bunch of fake drums that are programmed in MIDI, and he didn't know that. And so he's like, okay, in order to be a, a drummer in a band, I need to play fucking perfectly. And so on time, it sounds like a drum machine because he was listening to drum machines, not knowing it. And so that turns out that makes him the fucking best drummer in the world because he's fucking perfect and tight and he plays hard and he's going to hit his drums fucking hard because he came from that. I came from like listening to a bunch of punk and pop punk and like emo music when we all met. And so like I still like going to a show to me should involve like a crowd movement and like some and some fucking 2009 business like (laughs) (laughs) yeah like a part of that is gonna be in us no matter what and like when i start when we started this was like this was my first indie project and it was really tame for me and like before that i played in like some shitty pop punk band that tried to sound like a bunch of other bands but (laughs) besides the point but like we like to to move things but i can say the songs we're writing now are a lot softer and more indie than before just because like our ears have adjusted to liking a lot of like of melody and like playing with melody a lot um and like we still have songs that were like this song I just want people to fucking mosh pit and fucking go in a circle and run and like fucking push people around and like we have songs that are like up and down and you, up and like we, almost you, every single song's kind of a wave. Yeah, like exactly. Like it, nothing should sound the same and like we want songs that are really low dynamic and we want songs that are really high dynamic. Oh, connection's too. a little bad. Uh, can you see me? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, cool. Sorry the connection went bad for a second. Yeah, I just turned that. Yeah, um do you fa- do you think when you guys obviously when you can't tour right now and I don't know how has that been hard on you guys, or dude, yeah, because you guys were going on got more. You guys were about to go on tour. <laughs> yeah, dude, we were about to play the Roxy in L.A., which is we've never played in L.A. before, and so like that was super exciting. Like Bob Marley has a fucking record live at the Roxy, 
And like, that's so it's fucking cool. Club. And it's going to be like, yeah, dude, like it's going to be a fucking memory I'll never forget. And like, it sucks that it's shut down and our whole tour is canceled. And the shittiest thing is like, we haven't even announced our tour is canceled because we don't have the resources. Like people at Live Nation and the people controlling our tickets just aren't responding to us and our bookers. And so like when we're like, how do we get our fans refunds? We haven't heard anything. Yeah. And so like we don't know how to announce it. And so we're waiting until like we have direction on what to do to even announce it. And so like shit's just so fucked. Like we lost I mean, like we were gonna play the but the catalyst in the main stage with the butter tones. Like this shit this tour was the gonna be tones. fucking so cool, dude. Yeah, like we were so stoked. Like there's gonna be so many big shows and such a great time and like we haven't seen the grins in a while so it's gonna be a good time yeah it but the last time so yeah, i talked bummer, to you, you said like full-on conversation it was all about like this leap from san jose let's go to san francisco get in these smaller clubs and then it's always the next door and the next door and you did totally. went and did the catalyst in these smaller places like they're yeah. for me and you you know the, the catalyst club is like an iconic club and yeah getting in on like the smaller stage, like the side room. And now you can play like the big one. So yeah. Cause like bands I fucking love, like the Marcus blues band. It's like, I want go see them at the SAP center or something. And I've seen them. Yeah. Like, like I saw them like a year ago at the catalyst club. So that's like a big deal. And to obviously it's first world problems, you know, it's, there's totally. so much stuff going totally. on, but it still doesn't take away from the emotions of like, fuck. I was really yeah. into that show. And the Dude, yeah, I was really band. like, like we haven't even played in LA yet, and so like that's something I've been looking forward to doing just in general. But playing at the Roxy is like, damn, dude. And so yeah, it's if it, it even sucks, has like a bus to like the Roxy. It's I love that. I know. Dude, I've never even been there, but like it's it's a place I know and is like legendary and. Yeah, so, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. It's an odd time. It's really weird. Dude, it is. It, it's so weird. And everything is on hold. Like, everything. When do you think your record's going to come out? <sighs> Dude, I kind of... Okay, you, you want to know why it's taken so long? I don't mind how we long it's fucking taking I, I want, I know how your brain, like I've sat down with you for enough time to like understand how your brain works. I don't, I know you want it a certain way and I know the sound you like. So it's like, just let them wait. You haven't released anything, but just fucking wait, but you have it. Like it's there. It's done. Yeah. It's completely done. Okay. So to give you a little timeline picture, we finished re recording in October Okay, I think the last day was October 31st. It was on Halloween. And we finished at like 2 a.m., um, which was gnarly, dude. Every day was literally 12 to 15 hours. And like, it was so much fun. Like, so, so much fucking fun. Like, but basically, timeline is like, we finished record, and uh, while we were recording, we actually got like an offer for a record label. And, um, we went out and met the, the record label and had that as an option and 
finished recording and kind of considered it for about a month or so and decided like now we're going to release it ourselves um and then another record label came and offered us a deal and that we were like okay this is actually really cool like this might be something we end up doing and then it could like we negotiated like a couple things and we're like you know what um no i think we're still going to do it independent because that like to us like an independent release is really important because it's going to be our record forever blah blah blah. like we're going to hold the rights and our first record we feel like we're going to get a better deal on our second record because our second record yeah like our first record is going to show us who we are as a band and then people will be interested then and then it came uh, up to me and be like would brad sign this and i'll be like no he's not (laughs) i knew yeah and so like and these labels aren't (laughs) <laughs> these labels way. aren't too big um and and like we know if we're gonna sign this is literally a legal contract for the next five years plus you know like it's a big deal so like if we're gonna sign like we're gonna give it some time and so we got two offers before the record was even done um being mixed and decided against both of those and we got a third offer um when it was finished and were like pretty set on it and then got to negotiations and, and backed out again. (laughs) And, uh, like it was about three or four months of going back and forth on like, should we sign? Should we not sign? And kind of like literally like doing the research to basically figure out how to open a label ourselves. That would be what an independent release would be like is because, we have to do everything a label would do, um, which means like an online store, promotion, publicity, um, and like distribution and figuring out how to buy vinyl and like where to get it and how to fund it and like taking loans from people we know. And so we have an online store um, that we haven't set up completely yet. Um, Like we have 800 blank t-shirts ready to make ourselves. um, And while looking for a label, um, we really realized the importance of a booking agent um, just because like it was something a label was offering as part of uh, like why they sh- we should sign with them. Like, oh, we can get you a booking agent. And we're like, sick. Like, that's something we're looking for. And um, but we were like, well, if someone can get us a, re- a booking agent, we can probably get one ourselves. Right. And so um because that's kind of the mentality is like if there's going to be a reason to sign it's because we, there's resources that we don't have or connections that we can't get ourselves and so um we found a booking agent and he's great and we met him um in san diego at one of our shows and like after he saw us live and heard our record he was just like all right dude like he was stoked about us and he's ready to go and like got us an ernie ball sponsorship and also oh, yeah, like bitch yeah right like 80 percent off but yeah (laughs) as of right now um and uh he started like like by the way like i know a couple record labels do you want me to send them to send your record to them because i think they'd actually really like it we're like sure you know and like um so our booking agent ryan actually connects us to like a pretty legit record label and we're like okay this is this is this is like something else now like we've reached a point of we might do this and this is like now we're in like 
March. This is about like last month. Um, maybe fe maybe late February, but basically like we had gone back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and like ready to release. And like we had uploaded our song, our first single, to our distribution, ready to. Uh, like set and the release date was February 7th and then we were like ah oh, fuck this record label we might sign we can't release a single on our distribution because it has to go through theirs and every time there's an offer there's a there's like negotiations which take time for contract yeah. like figuring out a contract and so it delayed the process delayed the process and we we're like well we really want a spring release so we're thinking May and then we we're like we're gonna do it ourselves all we need to do is book our album release show and we can release this album ourselves we couldn't get our album release show booked which means we could and it all of it revolved around that because that was the day that we would release the album or the week um why is that such a why is that such like a main factor because we have the album it's really show. important to do the whole process as well as you can in order to give the release the biggest way possible because the goal is to get it as many people's ears yeah. as possible and so if you have a big release that's really exciting, a lot of people are going to, a lot of your fans are going to go to support that, that one event. And so we, if we wanted, if we got an album release show booked, that would mean we'd have a release date, which would mean we could figure out our three month schedule of single releases, which would mean we need to be four months back and have that date set in time to re release everything on time. And we couldn't get that. And so February rolls around when we were supposed to have the song out, and we didn't. So then we're like, well, the next album, like the point of an album cycle is just like when you're able to tour and people are in town. So like releasing an album over the summer isn't ideal because you want to capitalize on the release and you want to play a show. So we'd want to be able to tour while people are in college towns. So then we're like, okay, the plan is August. <sighs> then this record label offer comes on the table and now this is something we're really considering and we're still considering like um, now we're at the point of like finding a music lawyer and really gonna we're about to get into negotiations because we've talked with the owner of the label and like um, he's really excited about us we're really excited about them and like this is something that we really are excited about doing and and now it's just like with everything going on, not sure of when we can even play a show again. An August release still doesn't even seem possible because negotiations will take a month or two. And after that, what the fuck's gonna happen? Because in two months, like, w where are we gonna be? You know, like, we don't know. So. Let me stop you. How much, I, how much in you, like, how bad do you, I can see it in your face. How bad do you just want to like, hey, here's the record. Just drop it. Dude, we almost did like that. Tomorrow, when just fucking boom. We almost did that. But it would be really bad, really bad. I want to do that really bad. Because like right now is a great time to give our fans something to listen to. This um, podcast. And it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, straight up. Um, and like, we're so excited about this record, like, we could say fuck it and release it, but that would be throwing away the largest opportunity that's come to us yet. And your and time it would also, the two or three years. And all the time we've waited for doing this properly. And yeah, so like we were like, 
what if we just release it now and like without following any of the album cycle like regularities and just saying fuck it and dropping it but it like it would be a backfire on us in the long run you know and so we're trying to do this right and it sucks because we're playing the strongest waiting game we've ever played but it's fucking gonna be worth it i promise i promise no i think you should do whatever makes makes you happy like as i grow with in like the podcast thing the moment i started you know having success and like being happy myself is like when i started making everything kind of like my decision what would make me happy not really who the fuck cares about other people you know (laughs) like they're the ones who take it in but if you try to make every single every everybody happy it's not gonna fucking work I know, but it's like, like I said, it's like goes along with the whole thing of like, we decided to do this record in a professional studio, decided to like spend a lot of money, a lot of our, I lost my job because of this record. Like I took the entire month of October in 2019 off because it was drive down to LA for pre-production, drive back, finish pre-production. And then while we were back in SF, finish up all of the edits and changes we made and finalize everything and then go to the studio for 10 days and then come back. And then we had a tour planned. And so I came back in November and like my boss was talking shit to me and he's like, you're fucking up. Like, like some, there's other bussers waiting for you in this line. Cause I was a busser at the time. And I'm like, fuck, like I'm about to lose this job. I have to quit. Like, I was supposed to, I was about to ask for Thanksgiving off, like bullshit, like <laughs> that's not going to happen, like I'm going to get fired. And so I had to put my two weeks in because just the mess I made at my at my work of taking an entire month and a half Fuck off, them, basically. Dude. I know. So, but yeah, um, like it was a, it goes along with that of like we waited, we've sacrificed so much to do this properly, like we've gone through months and months of headaches and like so unsure of what we're going to do and then so sure of what we're going to back and forth. And like, we're at a point of where we're really like excited to be moving forward. Um, and we have a really, we have a goal or we have a, a path we can see that is able to be executed right now. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're yeah, going to be doing that. It's all about that long term yeah. play. And when I meant like, fuck everybody else in like this, like when I like with the fans and stuff, it's, they want it like right now. I know. But you kind of have to be like, no. Like, again, like, yep. fuck you. I can't do it. Like, this for me to be successful, for my happiness right now, but like long term. Yeah. It's just, yeah. just I know. And that's why we put out Sunset Girl. We were like, that's a song we were planning on putting on our second record. And we were stoked about it. We wrote that after the record was done. And we were like, well, fuck, if we're going to delay this progress process till August, why don't we just put out a new song and we busted our ass dude for two weeks straight like it was getting an entire single recorded at at my house and I mixed the whole thing and like it was line up with everyone's work schedule type thing and so um like it was it was a it was a, and we were on a strict schedule because it every time we release something we also have to release it a month before the release date because that's how it works with our distribution um, in order for it to be released on time and put into like algorithmic playlists like Discover Weekly and stuff like that. So anytime we release something, there's airs a month before. So we had like 
our plan for an August release, and we wanted to get the single out before that. And so we rushed to do that, but like we're super stoked about how it came out. I and, think like, that's it one of the really good. things I'm most. I'm like seriously so proud of that, and that's because I learned a lot just from going to the studio in the first place and picking up are on you a gonna couple mix tricks. The, and are you going to mix the whole second record? I don't know. Probably not, to be honest. We had such a good experience going into the studio. Like, we'll probably do it again in the same place. How much is, like, if you even have one, like, your life outside music just been affected? Dude, I don't. You don't have it at all. It's just ingrained. Since since October, since recording the record, like, I, I barely got to see my friends. Like, I don't, I don't have too many other friends outside of it. Um, and well, then in it, dude. after I this, think it's worth the sacrifice of friends and everything. For it, it is. I think it is too. But like, it, there's definitely points where it's like fucking lonely. And like, I live in SF, and I, I don't. I felt like I didn't know anyone there. And my best friend that lived in SF had to move home because of quarantine. Yeah. And so like, yeah, like it. It's it, it's it's been a little rough, but Have you like grown tighter at the same with- time. Your three other band members? Yeah. Obviously, there's totally. names. Totally. Spencer, dude. Ben, and like, Daniel. Danny. Daniel, the drummer. Yeah. Nobody cares. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, the drummer. Spencer, the bass player. And back That guy just has some fucking... Ben. I've seen him... I've seen you guys four different times. And that... Your bassist has had four completely different looks. Every single dude, time. Dude, I agree. I know. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> He's on like his fourth Pokemon evolution, you know, like this is final stage Spencer or something. But it's been cool <laughs> to have the three other people with you because I understand because totally. I've been, you know, head first once I got to San Diego into comedy and I don't have a car. So it's like, you know, you're either for like Damn. four hours just like traveling on buses to go do like five Damn. minutes out like <laughs> for like the Damn. two bartenders. That's a place. Dude, <laughs> I you're feel not allowed it. Because it's like 21 or over. And it is it's Damn. it is lonely, but like I'd rather be doing that than be at some fucking Me too. Some place I'd just rather not be at. Like some person's house. Me too. For what? You know, they're my friends, but Yeah. You know what? They can I mean for off. me it's like a college, you know? It's like would I rather be at a place filled with people my age that are in the same exact life situation as me, that are all there doing the same thing and like <laughs> have a strong social bond with people and a support system like of people that understand exactly what you're going through and like live on a dorm. Like it sounds really fun and like it would, and it's totally an option I would, I could do, but I've chosen this and like I have the tightest bond ever with my bandmates because they're the only other people that understand what's going on and like understand the sacrifices being made and like we can all relate to each other in that way. And they're the, our tight, like they're the tightest people I know. Like they're fucking my homies. Yeah. Like they're my best fucking friends. So I wouldn't trade it for anything. That's for sure. How many times do you get in like creatively, not personally, like like fights with them? Like not not that you often. guys have good dialogue that way. Yeah, like we we really try not to like get let egos get involved in that way. Especially when it comes to like creative direction, like it's it's really challenging, but it takes like just being really open with each other, you know. Um, and that's something that we learned from living together for an entire year, you know, and finding our boundaries and understanding our boundaries, 
and then moving on from like the band like reached a point of like a lot of trouble at one point when we were living together and we realized most of it was because we were living together um versus like problems within the band or with within each other and you so guys have a small place that's we did dude it's a small fucking place thousand square feet there was three people in one room with a bunk bed and and practice was just like whenever you know it wasn't like a set schedule so you like you could have plans and then get home and then they're like all right we're gonna practice and then you're like fuck there goes my plans yeah. and you got to cancel her. So like it got, it became a problem. Like, and so we, we all moved out from each other's space and like set times for when we have band practice. And it was like the best thing we could do and helped all, all of us in our personal relationships and our professional relationships as a band. So like with that and touring all the time and like understanding each other there and like tours rough and so much fun. Like, there's really low points. Yeah, I don't fucking I I don't understand how you do these these like oh I'm in <laughs> Reno one day and then you're in SF the next day and then you're in San Dude. Diego the the next day and then you guys are like five people yeah. in like five seats of the small ass. It's gnarly. Uh, so there's like a, it's gnarly, there's like an orange amp on your leg. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, dude. Like it's fucking, it's crazy, and and we're sleeping in hotels and we're unloading all of our gear into our hotels and like, every, and then you load it back in and you unload it the venue. Like it's fucking gnarly, but it's so worth it for all of us. Yeah, and you, you, we're all there, there for each else. other. Exactly, and like it's such an exciting thing to be in the van going somewhere. Like you forget that you have an eight-hour drive in front of you. You're just like, "Fuck yeah, I'm going to a fucking show!" Like this is fucking sick. I'm in my fucking van. I got all my gear. I got my fucking guitar. Like all the homies. Let's like it's a good time. So weirdest fan interaction so far. <sighs> Ben's chopping something over there. Fuck the weirdest fan interaction. Oh, you're gonna. Have, I'm gonna have to think. I'm gonna have to think. Oh, somebody asked me to switch switch shirts with them, like on stage. Like this girl was like front row, and she's like, "I really like your shirt. Like, can we switch you do shirts?" You very floral shirts. <laughs> I do, I do, and it was like one of those floral shirts. And I was like, "I'm fucking in um, a solo, bitch." <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm tuning my guitar. Like, hold on, like I can't do that right now. <laughs> um, and so it was like really off putting at first, but it was just like you guys seem to have. It a took very a funny photo after. Your 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 crowd in San Jose, and your crowd in San Diego, looked exactly the same. All these indie people really? look exactly the same. All right, indie kids do look it's the great. same. Not gonna Converses, lie. Converses, but weird jeans, <laughs> yeah. kind of too Dog big Martins. for them. <laughs> Dumb shirts, bad haircuts. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> hey. They're great. That's just what you think. I think those are fucking sick pants, cool shirts, and great haircuts. (laughs) I mean, look at me. I got a fucking mustache. But you fucking own it, dude. Dude. (laughs) Your mustache? No, I'm saying what these indie, a lot of indie kids, they wear dumb clothes, but they fucking make it cool. That's what it's all about. Yeah, straight up, dude. Your mustache? Yeah, like. Maybe a little dumb, but you <laughs> fucking make it cool, you know? That's what some people... Look, when I some wake, people wear cool shit. They wear, like, Versace and stuff, but they don't make it cool. It's just like, oh, look, here's this yeah. art art, art display on me. But, like, these yeah. people wear, I don't know, the worst thrift store material I've ever seen in my life. But they look sick. Dude, <laughs> no, nah, you, you don't understand. <laughs> hey, I'm complimenting you. I know, I know. But, I like, that. I wake up in the morning and, like, when I don't, like look like Brad, you know, like, 
and I'm like I'm dressed up in like clothes that are, I like I like and like where I'm like showcasing my style and I wake up and I'm just wearing PJs and a t-shirt or like underwear and a t-shirt like my mustache that's when I'm like god damn it what the fuck is on my face you know and like it's it's really some people are like oh you got a great mustache I'm like yeah but it's not cool when it's Thursday and I haven't showered in two days and I'm wearing like shorts yeah <laughs> you're like what the <laughs> then I just look fucking look weird, crazy you know. Person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So are you? Are you? It's still in like school? a thing. No, not right now. What was that decision like? Easy, obviously, <laughs> but for like for your me, family yeah. And stuff. But was that hard? It was. It's, dude. Yeah, it's. It's been. It was been. So, I went to USF for a month. Um, and like that was part of the reason that I moved to San Francisco. But I picked my school based on like where we all wanted to go as a band because like Spencer went to school in San Jose. Ben goes to San Jose state. Um, and like we, they made the commute for the first year. Like Ben still commutes to SF, I mean San Jose for school, but I went to USF for a month. Um, and doing the band, doing school. And I was in a relationship at the time, like was so much dude. Like it was so overboard and it drove me nuts. And I lost my shit. Like, I had to drop out. Um, I had to just take some time and, like, reset. And after that, basically, like, I mean, the band's always been a priority for me. Um, and so I kind of, like, made a deal with my parents. It was like, all right, I'll still be in school, but I'm, I'm going to do online school. So that way I can, I can travel. And I can, like, oh, you need to just go to a show in San Diego tomorrow? That's fine. I can do my class. I can do my homework online. Yeah, you can like do and it on your phone on Canvas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or just bring my laptop. And then there's photos of me backstage. Like, there's a photo of me at Slim's with my laptop. And I'm doing homework. Yeah. And I'm taking a test right before I go on stage. Like, it's shit like that. Like, it fucking sucks. And I hated it. And, like, I was on tour. And I had to stay in. Everyone, like, we're in Portland. Like, everyone's going to explore the city. And I'm like, oh, I got a fucking business law paper I gotta write sorry I'm gonna stay and I fucking failed that class like I haven't ever failed a class but dude try to take an online class while you're on tour it's fucking brutal yeah. so I took online school all the way through to August and I took summer school and so summer school was gnarly because I didn't know it was twice the speed yeah it's really <laughs> so, so like I was like in the in the shit for a while um but it was perfect because it ended right when I was uh, going to record and getting and the whole album thing was happening. And when all that was happening, I like I had a conversation with my parents like, dude, there's no way I am able to take school right now because like this is the most important thing to me in my, in my life right now. I'm working. I'm still doing work. Like, just let me take this the semester off. And they're like, all right. All right. And then um, do you care base about school? Do you care what like your parents think like in the or you uh, very yes like for me i i care but at this like my, i i don't because like at the end i'm gonna be 30 years old right and if i'm not fulfilled True. i'm not gonna be i want to be i don't want to look back being unfulfilled like oh my parents drove me this way you know like who like i told my parents hey i'm going into comedy full on they're like you're fucking crazy <laughs> it's like, all right, I'm doing it. Like, you can't tell me Well, that's not. what, I mean, dude, yeah. Like, that's, and that's where it was at for so long. Like, and it's, it's been, I've been playing the long game with it. You know, it's, 
I, I, I want my parents to be supportive of me, and I don't want to just say fuck it and go against everything they say. And so the way I've done it is like slowly convince them and like show them like why this is what I should focus on and like prove that to them. And it was like literally years of, hey, this is really not working out for me right now, like driving me to lose my shit and then them being like, okay, like let's take a step back. And then like them being like, okay, let's not have that happen again. Like how can we work this out? And I'm like, okay, how about this? You know, and like I want to go to school and I think a degree is really important, but I'm not going to go to school when I don't give a fuck about it. You know, yeah. like if I'm going to go to school, I'm going to go to learn because I actually care about learning. I, I like to learn. But what's the, and I'm gonna, like when you're convinced. All right. So there's like this convincing thing of I want to do music. Like you have to convince them that like, hey, my, my career wants to be music. My career wants to be comedy. And then I also don't want to go to school. Like I wouldn't be in school right now if sociology wasn't a thing. I fucking love social like it's my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> That's great. Uh, but I wouldn't be in yeah. school like if if it wasn't. Yeah. And it's like See, I don't have some is of there is the convincing more like I want to like convincing the family like hey I want to be good from a musician or is it hey I don't want to be in school. It's hey I'm building a career for myself and that doesn't and, involve school. And it doesn't involve school at all and look how much time and effort I'm putting into this. It's not like I'm slacking yeah. and, and doing nothing. It's, hey, you grew up thinking school is the answer for everything, but there's, like, right now, this, that's not the, like, actual... Like, it doesn't have to be the answer for everything or everyone. Like, it's a, definitely a path that society allows to get people to success quickly and easily, but it's not necessarily the one you have to take, you know? And it's been like months of months or years, I guess, of showing them like, hey, come to this show, like, like see the crowd now. People. Like, hey, look at look how yeah, look how many fucking plays this song got. Hey, look at like and it got to the point of like, holy shit, okay, like this is something you could po- possibly do. Like, I've you know? always looked and at like, it like my I I think I have great parents. I've met your parents and they seem like the coolest people. Dude, I got great parents too, yeah. I view it like, hey, you guys set me up. Like, you did 18 years, like, perfection. I think I can do whatever the fuck I want. I think you've set me up to do whatever. And you focused on, like, creativity. Over school sometimes. (laughs) Like, that's what they've done. But, and I'm like, I'm going to take advantage of that. And, hey, like... Joke's on you. You're the one who raised me this way. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, this. I think the coolest thing about my situation is like my parents would never be like, fuck you, you're not doing that. And it's that's why it's been a slowly process of winning them over, of like accepting them to be like, hey, I'm going to be 20 and not in college, which is like unheard of. And I don't, and like the only people I know that are doing that <laughs> are these fucking three people right here, <laughs> except Ben's finishing college right now. Because he he's a little bit older than us, so he had a head start. But basically, like they've just seen the growth, and and it came to finishing the album, and like our our album came into us finished, completely mixed on Christmas Day, and I played it for my parents, and like I feel like that's a point where they understood, and and since then it's been like okay, like I we want to take the pressure of school off. For, for a little Where does bit, your you validation know? come from? Like, do you need validation from like the general public, your bandmates, your parents, no. or are you just? 
No, no, I just wanted to make fucking music make this my, make, my job. So it's just like yourself. It's from within. Yeah. Yeah, I've struggled yeah. with that. Because it's not really winning over people. It's kind of creating everything. Because, like, I grew up the youngest of three bro- three brothers. So it's like I kind of wanted to always make them happy. Whether it was, like, a yeah. podcast. Or just, like, anything. School. Just kind of, like, bragging totally. to them. And it's all about, like... For me, it was like that is the only sense of validation I wanted, and it's cool. Like what you have that inner monologue of like I just want like what what makes me fulfilled. Not like for me to be fulfilled, yeah. it was like for them to be fulfilled. But like internalizing totally. that and making well, that for like, myself has like, been like a little bit of struggle. But it's like over the last, I think since I got to San Diego, it, it like just being by myself has really helped. That, yeah, dude, I, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, think about this. Like, I've been playing in a band since I was 13, and I'm 20 now. Four, so I've been doing it? this for... What was it? Four, four my Walks four, Block? Four Block Walk was... Four Block Walk was my first, like, actual band. Um, Battle but, of the Bands. like, think about this. Okay, let me give you a timeline. 13. I'm 13. I really like guitar. I like playing in a band. I'm like, yo, I like playing in a band. This is cool. And then, like, I'm still in a band when I'm 15, and I start recording bands. And then I'm like, hey, I can actually make money off this. Look, look, Mom and Dad, I don't need to work as much as my, at my other job because I can make money doing this. And they're like, cool. And they're like, nice. Like, I'm building my connections and stuff. Like, I'm, like, playing in six bands at the time. And then I meet these guys, and I'm like, hey, this is a band I really like, and I can see, like, I'm going to figure out a way to make this work even with satisfying your conditions of going to college and then the compromise was like going to a a school in SF and living with them and like being able to do band in school and then when it was like hey school doesn't work really but I still care a lot about the band and look how much the band's been doing and growing and stuff like that they're like okay well I'm not we don't really want to fuck that up and like me being like this is the most important thing to me ever look how long I've been doing this this is what I've wanted to do since I was fucking like 13 14 years old and I'm still working at it. Like, this isn't something I'm just going to give up on. And mo- and then that going, and it just keeps growing and growing. And then, like, coming to the point where I, I go to my parents, I'm like, I need to pause on school for a little bit in order to keep going. So it's more their, and their then, kind of blessing more than validation being where you're, yeah. where you're, where you're seeking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I've never really had that, because the, the, the trouble of, like blessing like i just i kind of just do what the fuck i want <laughs> like i've yeah. always had that mindset of um but being doing what i want and making that my validation for myself and not seeking it from outside sources because that never works like that's what's yeah. made me like create like creativity wise go from like a four to like a ten it just works so much better once you like it's from within like you have to find it and totally. just like work from that Totally. Because once you look to like yeah, satisfy every single carpool tunnel fan or every single fan of my podcast, it nah, doesn't dude. work. Like, not going to happen. Because that's not what I was happen. doing with my podcast. It was like, what do people want? They want <sighs> a sports podcast. They want a movie podcast. They want like a solo. I was like, and I was doing it. Like my brothers were telling me like, oh, you should do this, this, yeah. this. And then at some point I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm just going to talk to myself. Because <laughs> that's what yeah, I like dude. to do. And, and then it's like, yeah. then, then that, that's when like finally people started listening. Yeah, and it's, it's like people want to consume art 
that is somebody's expression and the genuine expression of themselves because that is the easiest thing to relate to. And, it, and it's where you can see character and you can see personality and what makes you like an artist and what makes you like really connect to them. Because you could write a fucking pop song that's generic and follows a bunch of tricks and you could be like, yeah, I bet people will eat this shit up. But that's not, it's not going to translate as if you're like, this is a song I'm creating because this is exactly what I fucking feel. And this is where I'm at in my life. And this came to me naturally, which like. It's hard to get. I that's believe, hard to get at when you're trying to seek validation. Exactly. From like, it's, it's coming from the subconscious because it's coming from your existing surroundings and everything in your life that's making you feel that way. And it's going to come out when you just play your instrument naturally and express yourself just through everything that you're experiencing. What is your, what is your, not take, but like what actually, yeah. What's your take on like the newer wave of indie music that's coming in right now? Do you like how it's kind of specifically what Claro girl in red? Do you like, it kind of sounds similar in some ways, but I like, I do, I do find myself listening to it a lot. But a lot I'm of it sounds fucking love Clara. It's really good. <laughs> but a lot of it does sound like I find as there is like how many fucking Ed Sheeran disciples are there? Like twenty. I'm sorry. How, uh, what how was many that? Ed Sheeran disciples are there? Like there's Dude, like twenty. I, and I I, now you're seeing kind of the same indie of like Claro is Claro, Sheeran Sheeran, yeah. but like all these people yeah. are coming after them yeah. like there's people online right now they're they're not doing they're not making music in some sort they're kind of doing an impression of her if that makes any yeah. sense yeah but i i could i mean I that, like that's it. with anyone <laughs> any that's with anyone that like kind of digs a new style of music into the to the world but clara is like a super mixed feeling one because she's literally an industry plan her dad is fucking uh, an executive at Universal, and like she's been set up since she was fucking born. I've never so cared she has about that an song. unfair. Of, I, but dude, if you if you were if you were in the yeah. in the world of building a, a fan base and music, you you'd understand how much of an advantage that is. Like yeah, like you. I just are, think like it takes a certain amount of talent to like make someone like feel something. I think is just such a good song. Dude, well, it's amazing. It's an amazing tune. I would and like but imagine this, okay? How many people are just as good as Claro or better that are so much smaller than her or don't even have a career in music? Like what she does is great. I love her music. That's why it's mixed feelings cuz like fucking Pretty Girl was a bop. I fucking loved that shit when it came out. But also like there are so many people that make I I know people that are more talented than her. Like Fucking, like, Leo from the Coldbusters makes some of the best music I've ever he's heard. He's good. Like, that he, kid, I feel bad for him. Dude, he's so good. And, like, I genuinely, he just lost his band. I genuinely, I don't know him. I've talked to him, I've DM'd him a couple of times. I think he's so yeah. caught up in, like, just from an outside, yeah. he seems like he's caught up in, like, again, kind of what we were talking about, like, what do you... Maybe I'm wrong. I've never, I've never been. This is just like an outside viewpoint of like viewing his Instagram, his stories, and everything. Because I like, I like his music. Yeah. He seems like he's caught up in like what other people kind of 
almost think of what he's doing. Maybe. But I can but tell I think you, he's fucking, he's smart. Like he has a sound dude. that, like he that comes through. It's like, oh, I understand. You feel there's something inside of you that's like fucking hurting, bad. Yeah, yeah. And I've heard his new music that he's been working on that goes against like that view because, like, I I could see that with stuff with Cold Busters, and I know he struggled with stuff like that. But dude, like the music he's created. And like is working on still, and he sends me demos every once in a while. And, like it's fucking so good, dude. Like I believe in that guy so much. But if he had Claire's connections, dude, he'd be he'd be set. He'd be fucking so set. Like there are so many behind the scenes operations that people don't know about in the music industry that causes success. It's gnarly, and like that's it's so hard to watch. Like people like that just get fucking handed a career. Yeah. And yes. know people who are like just as talented that are like struggling to even find bandmates, you know? And so she sounds, you know, who said they sound, they sound like fucking spot on with the band. I fucking forgot their name. Give me like two seconds. I was listening to them. They were part of it. Do you like Wallows? Small Crush. They sound so similar. Dude, I love Small they Crush. They sound fucking. Like Clara? Clara? They sound, they have a very similar, like, bubbly vibe. Yeah, but that's a, that's a band versus oh, a yeah, drum yeah. machine and indie, indie, or a bedroom pop. And, like, so... I it's, saw Small it's, Crush live in Oakland. They were good. Dude, they're so good. They're so good. They're, like... She's a really imagine good Imagine if Claro, Claro and Mac DeMarco, for anyone that's never heard Small Crush, I would say, like, Claro and Mac DeMarco had a baby. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> um... She has it though, you know, like when you listen to Claire's interviews and stuff, you can tell that along with the connections I get cuz I didn't I didn't even know. I try to stay Dude. away from like yeah. I don't know. I've just I don't care about I think about, she's a great I, artist. I haven't like I've delved 100% away from like music criticism. I think all that shit's like fucking irrelevant. That's good. Like who cares? Do That's you like good. the music? Yes. If you don't fucking move on. Yeah. Like why 100%, do you have, 100%. Like these 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 music companies like these indie music companies or these like pitchforks who just like review Justin Bieber's record it's like obviously you're not gonna like it like why would you ever talk about it why are you doing that yeah. just because of like these indie fans who like fucking hate Justin Bieber because he's popular just so they'll just be like oh yeah I hate him too like click yeah it's like no reason yeah. why you would like why are you doing that like <laughs> I feel it but um but that's why I think Claire is like a is a mixed feeling one because I really do like her as an artist. I think she's great, but it's like in the back of my mind, I'm like, I know her dad works in the in high level of the music industry, and like, it trust me, that changes a lot. So um, you just think it'd be like, much harder for her to like be that one name like Claro, like I know who she is, like boom, she's like a, almost like a dude, household name. I could tell you, people. there's probably like twenty thousand Claros. But she's the one who had the, in the connection country. thing, because a lot of people yeah. do sound. I don't know if it's they sound like her. it's not like think about it. It's not it's not a groundbreaking sound, you know. It's like a really beautiful like soft voice over some nice soft indie music, well produced, kind of like lo-fi. Like it's nothing that hasn't happened already, and there are people that do it, and it was just she stylized it in the more poppy way, so a lot of people like it more. And has a lot of connections and help with producers and help with uh, recording. So like, but like, 
another example is Wallows, who, like, Dylan is... She was on a record with them, right? uh, Yeah, and uh, Dylan is the guy from uh, 13 Reasons Why. And so, like, he's he's in L.A., he's a fucking big, famous guy, and he starts a band. But his band fucking rocks. Like, I love that band. So, like, I don't give a fuck, because no matter what, I would have loved his band anyway. And so, like, his, I don't know if it's his girlfriend, but that girl who's in a lot of photos with him. Lydia Knight from. She has a band. I listen to uh, that. The Regrets. They're good. They're good. Yeah, Wallows has a very, like, in the indie music world, they sound like a little separate. They sound, they have, like, their own thing going on. And it's, it's, because I didn't know that guy at first, the kid from 13 Reasons Why. I used to watch a show called Tagged on Hulu. Really, and their drummer or like one of their members was in that sh- in that show. No way. They talked about him. I didn't know more of them were actors. Yeah, so like he was in this one show, and I remember I was reading some press thing, and they were asking about his band. And then I was like, "What the fuck?" And then I listened to them, and I've co I've had like coworkers at Nordstrom, and it's like, "What's your favorite music?" And they're like, "Wallops." Like I fucking love that, and they've hit mainstream, you know. But um, yeah, like I what are they on Atlantic Records? I don't know. Are they? Um, I'm looking it up right now. Um, Atlantic. They're on Atlantic. Atlantic is a f- massive major label. Like, huge. Yeah, everybody okay? Does. That's their first deal that they got. So you have to just put that into perspective. Like, they have an advantage. I think they make great music. But their first record deal is with the most massive fucking record la- one of the top three record labels in the entire world and has all the connect like that just doesn't happen because a band writes a record you know it's they know that they're a marketable band that can be spread they make good music and they're already popular because they have social media presence from the actors and a f- strong following yeah it's like who's part of so, like atlanta's like i i know ed sheeran's part of them because and then like lizzo's part of them yeah. So they're part of like yeah, like top level, top level, like fifty, so like sixty million streams of a month. Yeah, yeah, dude, and like, but the cool thing is they don't sound like a they're fucking good, radio man. pop they're band. Really good, they are good. So like, you I know don't what? Care. I always have to fucking bring this up. These goddamn, the, I always I had a whole podcast, but the districts, every like three dude. or four months, I will go back to it and like, I don't know, be enraged of what. I know. I've I've heard a couple of episodes where you're talking about them. <laughs> I did a whole episode to about them, like an entire thing. The demise of the districts. It was the Dude, one time. Yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. I it was the one, one time where I had to go off center of being like they, like there's 1.0 and 2.0. Um, what was your favorite record from 2019? Ooh, from 2019. Oh man. Okay. Um, let me look. Okay. Dude, 2019 was a was a good year for music. Does it have to be released from there or can I just um I can I can give you my top albums. Go for it. But they they weren't released in that time. Um my most listened to record on Spotify was Swimming by Mac Miller. So good. Circles is so good too. Dude, yeah. I think and 2009 is maybe one of the best songs ever. On Circles? No, on Swimming. 2009. Yeah. Oh, okay, the same last song. Yeah, I know the record 
because I would play it. Like that would be the thing I just played yeah. when I got my car. So my my top six songs on Spotify are the first six songs on the record. Um, and then Hollow Ground by Cutworms, which is like this indie surf kind of. I it's like uh, Everly Brothers, but in indie modern indie surf stuff. Um, songs of hers was easily my most listened to record too. Um, and Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino by Arctic Monkeys. Yeah. What do you think about the Strokes' um, new album? I haven't listened to it all the way through yet. First impression? I um, I wasn't that stoked. Dude, it is crazy. It is actually insane how many fucking... Like, the Strokes are really popular. Like, extremely yeah, popular. And they get, like, a fifth, no, like, an eighth of the, like, monthly listeners as, like, The weekend gets when they release their album. It's actually fucking insane. Like, they were... Dude, the amount of plays those people they just like insane. They, they got, what? They had a huge album that just released. I think they're at, like, nine million. Yeah. When, when Divide came out, that was at 70. Ed Sheeran was at 70. The weekend is at like sixty-eight million. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, the strokes are at eight point two right now. And they release I and they're very popular. They'll sell out everywhere, dude. Everywhere. I know, dude. It's crazy how how large it can get. Like it's, it's insane. a mixture like, of we everything. We're so small, too. you know. Like the weekend. We're so, we are so small. We are so small, but still, I get recognized in the street. Like it doesn't make sense. And then imagine being at like that level. Dude, it'd be gnarly. It'd be insane. You crave that? Like, but yeah. You... No. No, it scares me. I think, but you want that audience of like that many people tune in to like listen to you. Play. Yeah, of course. I want as many people to enjoy and listen to my music, uh, the music we create as, as, as possible. But you but also like, want to go get It's milk. terrifying at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, I want to be able to go get almond milk and fucking shop at the store. Yeah, totally. I hope that happens to you. I really do. I hope (laughs) you can't go get milk. Dude, well, it's like if I go to a show that in in SF this is. I don't know about anywhere else. Um, But, like, I'll go to concerts I just want to go to that I listen to music. Like, more often than not, someone, someone says hi. Yeah. And, like, I don't know them. And it's trippy. It's really fucking trippy. And like, I've been on dates where it's happened, and like, it's kind of weird. Mustache, like, dude. I don't want <laughs> It is the mustache. <laughs> it is because like, and your music, obviously. <laughs> um, well, partly the stash. What band? This is a question I wanted to ask. Because like, I remember in 2016, I saw. I saw Billie Eilish play in front of 75 people uh-huh. in San Francisco at like this Apple Music like stage. And it was just like, Dope. I saw her and I was like, yeah, this person's become the most famous person ever. Like, they have it. <laughs> what band do you, like, have you seen the last, like, I don't know, year oh. that you're just like, this person is going to be fucking the biggest individual <laughs> ever? Obviously, I didn't predict Fuck. that, like, 70 million Instagram, because I remember I followed Billie Eilish when she totally. had, it was like at, like, 210. And now she's at, like, 75 million. <laughs> Damn, dude. Ah. Uh. I've, damn, I saw so many bands, but I like there's so many bands that already were already or just at that an level. individual, you know. You don't really see uh, that many 
individuals in, I don't, in indie, right? Like just one person. No, not really. Um, fuck, dude. Well, the Backseat Lovers were definitely a band that when we saw live, we we're like, damn, these guys are fucking good. And we, we played with them in SF. So, <laughs> so when, <laughs> okay. So we get hit up by this band and like, yo, we're trying to book SF. Like, can you help us out? Blah, blah, blah. And we're like, fuck yeah, let's do this. Like they they had the time, 78,000 monthly listeners. And we're like, damn, okay, cool. This is, this is a, one of the bigger bands we're going to be playing with. And maybe we had like 12,000 maybe at this time. Um, and we had never headlined an SF. And here was a chance to, at Bottom of the Hill, this band had never gone on tour before. And we've played with bands with 90,000 monthly listeners that pull like 10 people to a show. And so we're like, this could be either like a, a bedroom pop band type thing that like they don't pull too many people in person. Um, but so we're like, yo, if you don't mind, like, could we headline this show? Like, are you guys up for that? Just because we, we've never headlined an SF and like we have a strong base here. It'd be really cool. It'll be a good turnout. And he's like, fuck yeah. Like, they're like totally fine yeah. with it. We should not have headlined that show at all, hard to dude. Follow. Like, they were so fucking good. They pulled so many more people than we did. It was a Thursday night, and they fucking brought so many people. They've never been to SF before. And fucking so many people that are, like, friends of mine or fans of ours that, like, were at that show, they're like, dude, you know, like, a band I've really listened to for a long time since that show was, like, the Backseat Lovers. Like, they become one of my favorite bands. And I was like, dude, yeah, these guys were fucking so good. And sure, you know it. They're fucking, like, they blew up and they're at, like, 212,000 monthly listeners right now. Let me see. Two, 334, dude. It's the last time I checked, they were in the 200. Yeah. They, they're getting, and we, we reached out to them because, like, their, their album was released independently and so we're like, should we do something independent since they did? And they're like, we're actually looking for a label right now. Yeah, so, it just, some people have it, you know? Like, it, I think you guys have yeah. it. Like when you see you guys live, I think you guys have it. Thank like you, when man. I saw Billy, it's like this person is like myth. Like I saw her in like daylight <laughs> play Ocean Eyes, Damn. right? Like it's like a 14 year old girl four years yeah. ago. And it's like, yeah, this person is going to be like, if you gave me, hey, you have to put your life on this, right? At that time, I remember Damn. leaving the show. Yeah. I've never listened to her before in my life. I was at I was wow. at Starbucks, right? I was listening to fucking my sad, depressing pop. I was listening to Vance Joy, right? I had it on, and this girl this girl walked by. She's like, "You like this music?" And I was like, "Yeah." And she's like, "There's this girl, Billie Eilish. She has music on SoundCloud. She's playing. She's actually playing in San Francisco in the next couple of weeks. Like, go see her live." And Damn. I was like, "You know what? I'll go see her. I won't listen to her music." And I remember listening to Ocean Eyes live for the first time. And like, it was weird. It was like That's insane. Again, it was mythical. It was like this kind of That's reserved girl with like, like gray hair, like really great, just wearing the biggest clothes ever. And it's like this is <laughs> she's gonna become huge. Obviously, again, I didn't know this she'd be this big, but it's yeah. like it's just these certain things, um, dude. Yeah. My favorite you know, album like, though from 2019. Do you know Maggie Rogers? Yeah, I think she's, I think she's just the best. Okay, dude, I'll, I'll have to listen to them. She's again. kind of that. I don't even. Under, I don't even understand. That's my favorite like music. I fucking love her. Fuck yeah. Okay. Um. Totally biased. You know me. I love. I love the Ginger Fury. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love number six. <laughs> and then this girl named Lily Moore. 
She's from the UK. Okay. I, I think she's just the fucking the best. She had an album called uh what was it called? More More Mixtape. She's just there's like hints of Adele in there, but she's just so Dope. good. But what were you gonna say? Those are my favorite three from twenty nineteen. That's nice, dude. Nice. I know um, you I know you in the back of your mind are just like this guy fucking with his pop music. <laughs> no, dude. I think it's cool. I think hey, it's man, cool. I own it. Like I don't I don't know too many people that listen to pop music, so it's interesting to oh, see. Oh, people like, listen to pop music, but which they're not pop records are actually they're not popular. out with it, you know. Like Yeah. Exactly. Like you're you care about it and you're in it, then you like Oh are yeah, like a music Halsey's person. new album, I think is fucking perfection. <laughs> I can't even tell you a Halsey song. <laughs> yeah, see. Um hey, but Ariana Grande's album was fire. Yeah, it's really good. Really good oh no! But what I was gonna say is like, with those, with talking about like people that have it, like I think Leo is one of those people. I think like the Grins are one of those bands. I think Ultra Q is one of those bands. Like, just like I think my friend Junior Reed, who plays in Lunar Hand, is one of those. Like, dude, they I've seen these people fucking just like make music out of nothing that is so fantastic and just blow me away with live performances i i think my friend zach ortiz has this shit and he hasn't even like recorded a song yet like i don't know i think it's i think what that thing is is like people who just have like the care for it you know like such an intense i don't i don't even think i have the Do words you think clara has such it? an intense no. You don't no, think so? I don't. I think she writes fun pop songs. And that's different than... than but like, she can go out in front of, what, like 40,000 at Coachella fucking, and like... She, I don't know. I don't know. I've never seen her live, and I would die to, but I haven't, and I didn't see her before she blew up, so it's hard to, to answer that question. But I've seen videos of her when she was like 13 singing insanely well, so... <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. I, don't I love know. it. No, I think you have a very, you have your, you have your view on it and it's just, it is what it is. And I can't, <laughs> I can't speak on it cause I'm not trying to break into music at all. You know? Yeah. Um, I can understand of like that thing. It's like, I have to go play like a, bil- a billion shows to get what you have. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, man. So I, I, it's an hour 40. Did you get everything? Damn. I I yeah I everything just why for me personally I just wanted to understand where everything was at with the album, and just get yeah. your because I haven't talked to you in like really talked to you in like two years almost, and it's been a while. I just wanted to, more of this podcast was for me I'm just releasing it to everybody <laughs> I just I really wanted to know <laughs> I'm just happy got That's great. open with it and yeah I think it'll be cool for your fans <sighs> to kind of like hey like here. Here's where we're at, like right now. Like, if you want to, you want to go. I agree. Update, I think there was a little because I'm part of the circle too of these of your of your fans, and there was totally. a little bit of mystery of like. I thought when you guys were releasing your new rec, your new your new single, that you guys were going to drop the album, and I wasn't disappointed because I thought it was a very smooth I'm song. Sorry. But I think it's <laughs> cool that where you guys are at, you guys are at this point for a reason. You guys aren't holding back anything. It's just like. You're itching. I can see it on your face. You're itching to yeah. get this music out. It's just dude, some circumstances am, that are like way beyond your control. To it is, 
just a just a, a quick recap of it's just been delays from indecision between record labels and booking problems and things that have been kind of out of our control and we are at a point where I think we really have a plan moving forward and are really excited about it and as long as nothing else comes in yeah. <laughs> like no other new things it should work out pretty well and whenever this corona shit goes down is when we'll have a, a release is when when we know that we can go outside probably yeah, like yeah, go get a smoothie. Yeah, get some fucking hot chocolate. Be as smooth not, soon as possible. Die. Yeah, <laughs> fucking yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, yeah, dude, thanks for you know your time again. Oh, dude, of course. I love All talking right. with you. It's I'm so gonna easy. cut off this. I just have to ask you. Despite the fact that All right. I love you, Mrs. Feeling like a never-ending saga. I should have no expectations, but I just can't seem to shake the hopes and dreams I have for us and the memories I want to make. I should be happy alone, yes, this I know for sure. But every time that I try, I just end up feeling hurt. I'm too easy on myself, I know others have it worse. So I'll get up tomorrow and just write one more verse. I know I'm being selfish, but so are all of you. I mean, what else can I offer? No, what would you like me to do? I can't seem to trust you all. I really wish I could. I guess I'm just not strong enough I wish you understood